20 years ago at the Pride March in New York City, Brian and I met. I was marching with my parents in P-Flag of North Jersey, where my parents were active members, which was very cool. It was 1999, and it was half a million people all along Fifth Avenue from the rooftops. After the march, my parents left, and I went to a bar in Chelsea with my friends. There I met a guy named Brian, who was actually on a date with someone else, but that's another story. We talked and talked, and he walked me home to my recently purchased one-bedroom apartment on Jane Street. He punched his number into my new Motorola StarTac and said we should go out sometime. He set off, and I quickly left a message on his answering machine with my number. If you told us then that 20 years later we'd still be together, we'd be married several times, and not living in the West Village, but 100 miles north, in an 1847 farmhouse with a goat shed and a garden, in which I'd spend three Saturdays attacking weeds, and Brian would now have a love for sheep and plants, well, we would have laughed. I mean, back then we were never leaving New York City. He grew up in Brooklyn, and I was raised in Jersey. From my first French club visit to the Statue of Liberty, the city was destiny. I didn't even like to leave New York for vacation unless it was for a beach or a city like Paris. And if you were gay or lesbian, you needed to be in a big liberal city. For comfort, for social lives, for safety, for acceptance, careers. I mean, for freedom. And no city was bigger, more liberal, or safer than New York. So that was that. Things were settled. We bought an apartment. We went out to restaurants, clubs, museums. We spent a fortune on Prada. All our friends were in advertising. We were safe. We were happy. We were done. The world doesn't change or evolve. I mean, people don't change. They don't really evolve. Do they? I'm Matt Zucker, and this is Cityit, learning to live and love life in the Hudson Valley. Season 2, Episode 20, Very Local Pride. This weekend we celebrated 20 years together, and coincidentally it was also our village's very first pride parade. Jeanette at the hotel and Angela in town helped organize it, starting with a 3 p.m. march down Broadway, ending with a tea party at the hotel. Angela brought flags for everyone, and Jeanette was dressed as a butterfly. The village mayor led us behind the fire department, and two drummers brought up the rear. The 50 or 60 or so paraders were a mix of adults, college students, and kids, plus three dogs. The smiles on folks' faces were what I remember the most, a village coming together that showed that they believed in equality. To celebrate our anniversary, we consider Pride our real anniversary. Brian and I bought drinks for a lot of folks and sat on the deck with Victor, Stephanie, Baby Max, Julia, who sold us her house, her husband, and a few of her other neighbors, including Farmer Joe. The pride thing really works for me, and I've been to a lot of them. This episode touches on what it's like to be LGBTQ up here, or at least a sense of it. This village march was a first for our town, but certainly not unique up here. Last year, we marched in the larger Hudson Parade with our candidate, Jeff Beals. He drove in a convertible with a drag queen, a bit JFK style. The crowds were big, and the whole Hudson community turned out from every walk of life. New Paltz and Poughkeepsie also have big celebrations. I don't think Woodstock does, but you know that town is basically pride and candles 24-7 anyway. We're just lucky to move where we did and when we did. We haven't sensed any discrimination, though of course it could happen or be less visible than we realize. We don't always know why a contractor doesn't come back with an estimate after stopping by and meeting us. He's too busy with other jobs, or maybe he doesn't want to work with gay people. Did that cashier roll her eyes after Brian and I bicker in front of her about all the carbs I keep buying? One neighbor constantly mixes up our names, but I think that's hilarious. I didn't correct him for like three years, and when he finally brought it up, I said I didn't even notice. Another neighbor, Dave, walks by the house every Sunday morning, rain or shine, and we always have a chat. He's clearly far more concerned with Nora knocking him over than my being married to a guy. There was one incident in our first year, though. 
Before we bought our firewood from the orchard down the road, we had it delivered um, from some companies several towns away. We didn't realize that when people drop off wood you buy, no one, no one, never, will stack it for you. It's a maddening truth about the country, but true. So Brian got into a thing with the delivery guy about the guy not stacking the wood, and eventually he used the F-A-G word, and how we're ruining life up here. Brian came back in shaken, and I was too. But that's really it, at least that we know of, unless a lot's happening behind closed doors. While the city was where we could take for granted acceptance, I think the Hudson Valley has gotten the memo too. Obviously, it helps when you're Bard College in the city of Kingston, which has basically become Brooklynites without the subway. At a farm dinner recently, I was talking to a woman who's a farmer and a lesbian, and we got talking about the community and the size of it. She said she has events with over 60 women gay farmers at them regularly. That's a decent-sized community, isn't it? Being single has its own challenges up in the country, of course, so I can imagine being an LGBTQ single would be different than in the city. Without so many bars, events are really the place to meet people, it seems. Charity fundraisers on the river, queer soup nights, gardening tours, or Sage Table, an intergenerational dinner event with gay seniors. I go to some local history events, and I'm definitely not the, gay, the only gay person there. Farmer's markets, of course, too. The sheep, donkeys, and bugs don't care that we're gay. And I tell you, those weeds, too, which is an epic battle of good versus evil. Whenever I see an ad for the local cornhole festival, I crack up. Do they know what that also means? Of course, there's still discrimination beneath the surface. It bubbles up now and then. I'll always be surprised when it happens. Disagreements bring out the worst in people. So we'll just have to wait for the next one. We have an American flag on the front of the house, and I like what it says about us and where we are. And if one day that doesn't seem like enough, then I'll just buy a giant statue of naked David and put him on the front lawn, facing out towards Route 9. We're not just here in queer, but especially yesterday, marching in that village parade. We're part of here. And we're not going back. Thanks for listening. Come visit. This City at episode was recorded outside in the garden on the Anchor platform. Please join our City at Facebook page for pictures and updates at facebook.com slash cityatlife. And if you'd like City at gear, you can get t-shirts and now trucker caps. Our new website will be up soon at cityat.com. Thanks for listening. Oh, wow. We're recording July 4th at the Orchard. <laughs>